Let's have a slightly deeper look at what's happening in Ukraine with the Russian invasion. We often go to Ukraine to speak to our excellent lineup of reporters, including Amelia Adams and Karianne Greenbank from Nine. But let's have a chat about Zelensky, Vladimir Zelensky, the Ukrainian president that probably three weeks ago none of us knew. And when people talk about him, it's often, oh, you know, he won Dancing with the Stars in, in Ukraine, used to be a comedian. And I think, OK, righto. And of course we do, don't we? We conjure up an image based on that. But nothing, I think, that uh, it requires you to win either of those uh, reality shows or to be a funny person necessarily prohibits you from being an effective leader. One thing that everyone's been talking about is the way that this bloke is front and centre every day. Uh, in the earlier stages, certainly out with his uh, troops and certainly been on uh, on the blower with world leaders asking for help. And I have to say, I get the feeling that that's what you want your leader to do in these times. Well, that's what it feels like. Let's have a chat to Dr Nicholas Gruen. We love our chats with Nicholas, amongst other things, the CEO of Lateral Economics and is on the line. Nicholas, I hope you're well. G'day, Luke. I am. I am. And as I was saying to you before we went on air, you feel a bit bad being well, given what's going on in Ukraine. But there you are. I guess that's always the... We're on a planet with 7 billion people and there's always some pretty bad news around, but this is about the worst I know of at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't agree with you more. It is just awful. Just awful. I don't know what you knew of uh, Vladimir Zelensky before all of this. Uh, Were you aware of the gentleman and uh, his past? No, I I think I think his name might have passed into my consciousness slightly because remember how Donald Trump was had this uh, phone hook up with this guy who seemed to be called Zelensky, and he was trying to get him to frame Hunter Biden before (laughs) the last election. But uh, no, I mean, I didn't know of the guy. And now we've all heard, know of the guy. And and you said three weeks. Well, not much. More. I mean, it's just extraordinary. Not much more than a week ago, about a week and a half ago, none mm. of this had happened. Uh, as yeah. somebody said, sometimes decades can go past and and no history happens. And then a few weeks go past and decades of history happens. And that's the situation we're in right now. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Tell me what you feel about the description of Zelensky as being an inspirational leader. How did <laughs> yeah, that leave you yeah, thinking? Yeah. So so I tweeted, I, I tweeted, I did two tweets about him. I mean, I did lots actually, but the first one was quoting... Winston Churchill, and this is what Churchill said. Uh, This is June the 16th, 1941, in the absolute thick of World War II. The destiny of man is not measured by material computations. When great forces are on the move in the world, we learn we are spirits, not animals. There's something going on in time and space and beyond time and space, which whether we like it or not, spells duty. And uh, I guess I so so on the so so you know it's just an extraordinary thing and 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 the thing that when I first saw Zelensky that extraordinary short tweeted video of him in the streets 
of Kiev with his whole with his cabinet, his war cabinet there. Hmm. I thought, you know, the disappointments of decades as we've watched uh, at least a decade as we've watched our own institutions, I think, kind of get worse as we've watched more and more people figure, well, since no one else is going to look after me, I better look after myself. And if that means clipping the ticket on someone else, so be it. We've watched more and more people kind of in their jobs thinking, oh, well, I don't care too much about what I'm doing, but what's my next promotion? And then this guy turns up and and there he is and his job is to is to be the leader and unlike so many of the leaders we've watched our own leaders um let me be clear mm. <laughs> in the west mm. unlike so many leaders we've watched he just says well this is it i'm here i'm here come what may um and then that just speaks to us all because we think well gee wouldn't it be good if our life, if if we were part of a story like this, not yeah. just if we had the courage, but maybe if our leaders had the courage, we'd have a bit more courage, and if we had a bit more courage, maybe they'd have a bit more courage. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, I do. I do. L looking at it, uh, I guess many of us expected the might of the Russian forces would be uh, at uh, at their horrific work for maybe a few days, mm. maybe a week, and it'd be all over. Mm. But for some reason mm. that hasn't happened either we overestimated the ability of the Russians or in fact we underestimated the the, the braveness of the Ukrainians both uh, those that uh, that regularly serve and those that uh, answered the call of duty and and uh, I don't know if we weren't looking for someone like Zelensky expecting to be disappointed as we so often are in the West uh, does does some of that play into it that you know this this well, guy I, I think fits neatly into the I think outcome it does. Yeah, yeah, because remember yeah. the Americans said, look, uh, we'll spirit you away. You you tell us where to, I don't know what it was, a helicopter or a jet or something. They said, mm. what are we going to do to get you out of harm's way? And he said, I don't need, I don't need a ride. I need ammunition. Mm. And, and that just stands us up, you know, because it's such a, it's, it's just what we expect, which mm. is our leaders wander away and get, get a bit cute on the on the media with a few good sound bites saying how serious it all is and how they're committed to us all you can just you can just picture uh Vladimir Zelensky looking into the camera saying this has got to be good for all Ukrainians you know what I mean mm. and yet he just says don't send don't send I don't need a ride I need ammunition and mm. then we just all feel we all get this shock of recognition that this is really what we're all supposed to be doing. It's it's actions, not words, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, we have to be grateful that, you know, um, the laws of physics are what they are and we probably wouldn't be in this position if um, the Russians hadn't so terribly miscalculated, so terribly misjudged their initiative they shouldn't have gone it seems i mean i'm no expert but it seems they shouldn't have gone in the mud season and they they thought they were going to wrap it all up very quickly uh in the charming words of uh, the russians decapitate the ukraine ukrainian leadership and um well there you are now they're now now they're in a 
now they're in a big mess. The the other thing I, uh, was that the other thing that's so extraordinary is that the sight of someone not being the usual sort of TED Talk inspirational leader, but just doing his job, which is to go down with the ship if necessary. Mm. If you recall, if you recall what we got, the first round of sanctions we got were the usual sanctions. The, these sanctions are going to be all good for all Ukrainians. You know, they were the toughest sanctions the Europeans have ever had ever announced, but they actually weren't. They were roughly what Vladimir Putin was expecting. And then after Zelensky showed the courage that he showed and after the people in the West saw it, then all of a sudden, just a day or so later, the Americans and the Ukraine and the Europeans uh, started really getting serious, going after the Russian central bank, going after the, the, the all the Russian banks. And, you know, all of a sudden it was game on. It was just one person who said, this is the way it should be. Uh, we're not, we shouldn't be pretending into the camera. The words we speak should speak for our hearts and souls. Um, gee, wouldn't that be a nice world to inhabit? Yeah. What about the, the it seems like the, uh, the upper hand Putin holds, and it's, it's obviously linked directly to the weaponry he has that he's, he's spoken mm. about. Mm. And I remember early on talking to someone about, about sanctions and this guy's been on the border with 170,000 troops, not for five minutes, but for some, some time now. Mm. And even a year back, he had 70,000 or thereabouts. And we did nothing mm. and then we did nothing. And then we threw, uh, to use that uh, quaint expression, cream puffs at the town hall, hoping that <coughs> might stop him. Why do, and, and people were mm. saying, oh, you gotta, you got to keep... Uh, you got to keep something in your kit bag for when mm. it goes to the next level. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm uneasy about that because what that means is, all right, there's going to be some action which will likely lead to, you know, the loss of human life and injury and all that goes with that. Uh, lots of people are of the, the view that the West should have gone or NATO or the, um, you know, the, the freedom-loving countries should have gone a lot harder with sanctions a lot earlier. Yeah, well, well, that's and, what and, I and think. What do you think of that? Yeah, well, well, I absolutely think that that's right. So I thought this stuff about leaving stuff, well, it was kind of a joke. Everybody was laughing at it at the time that they were leaving stuff in reserve. Um, that, so, so, so there's a, an important point to be made there. At that point, and, and still this is true to some extent, they were talking about imposing maximum pain on the Russians and minimum pain on us. Mm. Now, of course, to the extent that you can do that, that's fine. And some of the things we've done with their central bank does precisely that. But then we were heard, then we heard that really we couldn't do without Russian gas because our gas prices would go up. <laughs> well, we're in a fight, you know. Um, yeah. When we fought World War II, we had rationing. Um, and and so we sh we mustn't misunderstand. This is not a parlor game. This is a fight. And in a fight, you have to be prepared to suffer. Now, that's one point. Now, I do want to emphasize something else, which is that this maniac has got nuclear weapons enough to blow us all to kingdom come. So I also believe that at the same time as being 
really resolute uh, and being prepared to suffer for these financial sanctions. Easy for us to say down here in Australia, we're really talking about the Germans, hmm. um, uh, that they should be prepared to do that. They should be prepared to, in some kind of senses, stop at nothing, but they have to stop at military escalation. In other words, NATO getting involved in Ukraine. And that's a, that's not a thing that is well understood among the Twitter mobs. Um, but that's the very difficult job that we're having to navigate, which is mm. to sort of throw our hearts into it and keep our heads absolutely clear. Um, yeah. And uh, and even then, the, you know, risks rise and we and we have to make very carefully calibrated judgments. Let me ask you one more thing about Zelensky. And you hear about this on occasions where, you know, you might have a, a good a good wartime leader via good peacetime uh, leader. Mm. Yeah. Do you accept do you accept that? I, I assume that each leader has different characteristics which will or won't mm. be of benefit at each particular time. So mm, as a result of, of this fellow being um, well, just doing his job and the world looking on and saying, go get him, Tiger, do, yeah. does that mean that it, when it becomes peaceful, that translates into great leadership in, in peacetime? It doesn't, does it? Well, no, it doesn't. But what, what has happened, there's so many things to say. Um, the, w w what's... Um, you know, happened is that he's um, uh, just. Um, I went back and listened to his. Well, sorry, well I listened a bit to it, but it was in Ukrainian. But there was an inaugural speech that he gave in 2019 when he became president, and mm. he he said he said to the Ukrainian people a rather an open-ended promise. He said, "I will never let you down." And so this whole business of him being a clean skin uh, brings in, well, you know, the Ukrainian people wanted better and they didn't really know whether they had it with him. Now they definitely have it now that the war, well, it seems pretty obvious that this guy is a very, very brave guy. Mm. And now I want to also, I just want to also um, say something really against what I've said to emphasize how incredibly difficult this is. I know someone who was speaking to a Ukrainian uh, a couple of days ago and, and she said to her, what do you think of Vladimir Zelensky? And she said, he's a comedian. He didn't understand that, you know, the, he, he got us into a war. Well, that's another way to look at it. You know, this wow. is such a difficult thing. Um, wow. And, uh, uh, you know, there we are. Well, one other point is that that quote from Winston Churchill that I read you mm. was in June 1941. And really, it's a it's a broadcast on American on American radio. And he's really doing exactly what Zelensky is doing to NATO right now, which is saying, please come and help us. And the U.S. was helping them doing roughly what the West is doing now helping him financially, but was not prepared to commit troops until, of course, Pearl Harbor happened, another massive miscalculation. So this is where none of us should pretend we, you know, we know very much about what we even should do. Um, 
but I certainly respect Churchill's courage and I respect Zelensky's courage. Uh, if 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 I if I could show so much. Great words as always, Dr. Nicholas Gruen, CEO of Lateral Economics. Another great chat with you, sir. Stay well. We will talk again soon, no doubt. Thanks, Luke.